You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Hey, this is Money Talk, and it is time for The View from Japan. We're saying konnichiwa to our main man in Japan. He is John Barron, the Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute. Good morning, John. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, let's, let's get into it. So, um, John, a little something personal. I'm originally from Canada. When Canada signed their big free trade agreement with the United States, it was transformational for Canada. But I'm not sure anybody in the United States even noticed at the time. Um, well, I'm sure some people did, but not many. Um, you know, a lot of the talk this week is about the Korea-Japan rapprochement. We talked about it on yesterday's show with our view from Korea. But we want to get the view from Japan. Um, is, this, is this, you know, they're talking about resuming trade talks, resolving WTO disputes. Um, what is the take from the Japanese side? Is this something people in Japan have on their radar? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, it's a very important story to come out this week. And I think that, you know, as we as we know, trade is under severe pressure at the moment. And anything that can improve um, both multilateral and bilateral trade um, agreements is, is welcome. So I think that developments that we've seen uh, in the past week will help to um, improve those uh, trade developments and negotiations, particularly in key sectors. Um, I'm, I'm thinking really here about uh, semiconductor, electronics, and also uh, auto as well. Okay, and that, that's, that's, I mean, politicians are doing it because it'll be popular with the Japanese public? Well, I think that um, the reason that it's being done is to resolve a, a, a long-running um you know, issue in, in the political sphere. And I think that um, the benefits in terms of uh, the economic benefits, I should say, um, is something that the public will definitely be uh, very glad about. Okay. And, and I mean, are they, are they desperate for those right now? I mean, how's, how's the labor market? How's inflation? You know, what, what are we looking at here? Yeah, well, just linking to what we talked about, uh, manufacturing and the external sector is, is something that is under pressure in Japan and all other economies as well. Um, so I think that a lot of the demand and a lot of the economic activity that we're seeing in Japan is really driven by domestic demand rather than external. Um, so, um, you know, I think that anything that can help to enhance uh, the external side is, is to be of, of benefit. Um, in terms of inflation, as you as you know, inflation is elevated at the moment. Um, I think that the figures for February will be somewhat lower than in January, but um, there still remains some pressure on core inflation and some uncertainty in the outlook for inflation, I would say. And this, of course, makes uh, policymaking difficult for the central bank. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, Japan was the land that inflation forgot until it didn't. And <laughs> now, now it's back. I mean... I mean, are, are people coping with it okay? I mean, you, you hear about stories in some places where, I know in Canada it was lettuce, and uh, some markets it was, you know, uh, the Philippines, eggs. I mean, is there something in particular that Japanese people are feeling the pinch on when it comes to inflation? Well, I think uh, food and energy price uh, inflation has been severe, mm. um, and this is really fueling the inflation that we're seeing at the moment. Um, but the, the real question is whether these, so-called cost-push pressures, so pr pressures that are coming from outside are really going to be sustainable over the longer term. Um, and this, this is why um, there's 
some uncertainty in the, in, in the inflation outlook. As well as that, of course, the base effects that uh, go into the calculation of inflation will eventually fall out uh, sometime around the summer. So we do expect some uh, lower inflation uh, throughout the course of 2023. Okay, and of course, the value of the yen uh, impacts on inflation in Japan, being a big, big importing nation, especially for things like energy, which you mentioned. And I know you've you've got a Bank of Japan policy rate decision coming up on Friday. Uh, you know, the bank we've we've talked yeah. a bit on this show about the new Bank of Japan governor. What what are you? What is your take on what's coming down the pipe in terms of uh, interest rates in Japan that'll impact on on all the all the above? Yes, well, the dollar yen has been strongly affected by external factors, I would say, throughout the course of 2022, as well as that into 2023. Um, so the very wide differential between U.S. and Japanese monetary policy rates largely drove this depreciating effect on the yen during 2022. And we have seen in recent, in the last month, actually, uh, a further depreciation of the yen due to persistent inflation in the U.S., which has increased expectations of longer than expected tightening by the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve. Um, so what does it mean for monetary policy in Japan? I think, you know, the exchange rate is something that is not targeted, of course, by the Bank of Japan. They will look at how inflation is expected to um, develop over the, over the basically, the medium term. Um, and while inflation is elevated, it still remains within the bounds of, of the target rate of 2%, I would say, over the course of the year. So this makes it very difficult um, to expect anything dramatic happening in the next meeting. Okay. And uh, how, is that, how is that impacting on, for example, the t- tourism to Japan? Are, are people outside Japan getting the message about, about inflation and the, and, the, and the price of the yen, or are they just coming regardless? Well, the exchange rate is a, is a key factor, which is actually um, encouraging tourism. The yen is still cheap relative to historical levels. Um, so there is an increase in tourism, of course, and this is a, a strong factor which is helping the labour market, particularly in the service sector. Um, and, of course, one of the side effects of increased tourism will be an appreciating effect on, on the yen. So there will be an increased demand for yen and an effect on the price of yen as a result of that. So there is certainly um, some growth in tourism numbers, um, which is helping uh, employment in the service sector. and. As, as a result of that, it, it is having an appreciating effect on the yen to some degree. Hmm. And I mean, tour, tourism is a fun stuff, uh, but uh, defense, you know, defense spending is, is uh, the not so fun stuff, a little more serious. We saw that China is planning a big ramping up in their defense spending. Uh, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, how, how is Japan reacting to that? Yes, I mean, not only in Japan, but in many other countries, there are uh, concerns as regards uh, geopolitical tensions, which is really um, motivating this drive for increased spend on defense. I think the issue in Japan is how to finance that increased spending. Um, And largely, it seems to be, anyway, uh, mooted towards uh, increased taxation, particularly on corporates. And, you know, that would have some implications on the extent to which there would be a likelihood of wage negotiations having the desired effect. So, you know, if companies are being taxed uh, more than they would like to fund, uh, you know, defense spending, then there may be less of a likelihood to push through on on, uh, wage increases, which are crucial to, you know, get out of this deflationary cycle that we see in Japan, that we have seen over many years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to see what's happening in Japan, in particular in the defense sector. I, I saw they were taking F-18 jets and adding up to three drones that would operate independently of the pilot and fly around with them. And I thought, you know, that, and I guess if they tell the Japanese people they're raising taxes to build giant mecha suit armor, I mean, I don't think they'd have a problem with that at all. <laughs> I could be a move. Um, we've got a, we've got a little more a little more time here. Um, I've been I've been looking at uh, decarbonization of uh, economies around the world, and I'm wondering where the Japanese are on that. Are, are they are they looking to replace fossil fuels, which of course for them are a costly import? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know recent events have highlighted the vulnerability of economies that are heavily dependent on fossil fuel imports, including Japan. Um, and there's a, a big drive to diversify the energy supply uh, network as a result of that. So there are a number of options being considered by the government at the moment, including nuclear um, and including developments with hydrogen and ammonia, for example, and cooperative agreements um, with regard to uh, hydrogen and ammonia uh, with other economies in Asia and as well as that Australia. Um, I think that the shift to decarbonization faces the same challenges uh, across the world, which is how to finance it. Um, I think there are limited resources by governments to, to really uh, finance this solely. So there, it's imperative really to uh, leverage the private sector to uh, get involved in this financing. And that is a key issue uh, in Japan, I think, how to uh, leverage private sector finance from government policy on this issue. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of decarbonizing the economy is uh, getting cleaner air for people, uh, including kids. Uh, we got a, we got about a list in a minute here, but could you just tell us what's going on? I hear there's some measures to boost Japan's birth rate. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, one of the problems with the effectiveness of policy, particularly monetary policy in Japan, is uh, the, the very uh, the demographic problem and the low birth rate. Um, and there are a number of measures uh, being introduced by the government to address that, to address this demographic problem, such as further uh, economic support for, for uh, newborn children, um, improvements in childcare services, and as well as that, a changing in, in work practices and working styles to, to facilitate um, an increase in the birth rate. And okay. this would, of course, help not only with productivity, employment, um, but also uh, tax revenues uh, over the longer term. All right. Well, that'll, uh, that's all great. That's a really great uh, comprehensive view of what's happening in Japan from John Barron, Vice Chair of Research at the Asia Development Bank Institute. Thank you very much for bringing all that to us.